everyone, it's Chai. Hey, it's Kay. Hey, it's Rai. Welcome back to the Sweet Talks series podcast. In this series, we aim to have difficult conversations that are based in cultural analysis of Asian countries, including South Korea, Japan, and many others. We had cultivated not just a passive interest, but rather a deep investment in the development of these societies. Due to pop culture being very influential to how these countries interact with foreigners and its own citizens, we want to critically explore the juxtaposition between what is easily accessible and what lies deeper in the cultural fabric. This will allow us to understand the positionality of citizens, foreigners, members of the LGBTQ community, indigenous groups, and women. As a disclaimer, we are by no means experts, but we enjoy having these conversations and we wanted to share them with you. Now let's get started with today's conversation. to introduce the first episode of our podcast, which is meant to feel like when you sit down with some friends in a cafe and just talk about whatever you enjoy, whatever comes to mind. So thank you so much for joining us. In this first episode, we'll all introduce ourselves and explain the purpose of this podcast. We'll go over our conversation guidelines. We want to be as transparent as possible in the beginning so that no one will be confused as we go along. So let's get started. Kay, you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, welcome to Sweet Talks. It's a friendly neighbor, Kay. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am 23 years young and a recent college grad with a degree in anthropology. I have a sweet tooth, a huge craving for cakes, lattes, and fruitful conversations. So I might talk your head off, y'all. But also I love all things K-pop and easily offended if no one laughs at my jokes. Um, and I'm a daydreamer. So hello, all fellow daydreamers out there. I hope you find your place here. Grab a comfy blanket and something sweet to drink. And let's get chatting. Over to you, Rai. All right. As you guys heard, my name is Rai. Yes, that's like the bread. I am a 24-year-old college graduate, and my degree is in both international studies and literature. Despite the education that I do have under my belt, you'll find that I am constantly buffering. So I hope that everyone will be patient with me, help me stay on track. Um, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Some things I love are cats, books, video games, breakfast foods, particularly waffles. Um, and I like to drink tea all day. I'm even drinking some now. <laughs> um, I've been lucky enough to travel a bit in my life, and in particular, I was really lucky to study abroad in South Korea in 2018. I hope to return someday to learn and experience a lot more. I'm always ready to explore the world and hopefully give something positive wherever I go, and I'm hoping that I can extend that to you today. How about you, Chai? Hello, everyone. Sorry, there's like conversations in the background, so I hope y'all can hear me. But yeah, my name is Chai. By Vanilla Chai. I'm so ready for this conversation, y'all. So I got my tea hot and ready. So I am a 22-year-old recent college graduate with a degree in sociology. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am also an avid reader and anime watcher, inspiring novelist, and I'm also a chicken enthusiast. 
I love chicken. I love my chicken. I am also currently deciding on either a legal career track or academic track, but I have a couple of years to figure that out. The only reason why I'm bringing this up right now is because I love learning new things such as like theory and concepts and random facts. And so having this conversation right now actually opened my eyes to a possible career track that is outside of the legal route that I was thinking of when I was an undergraduate. But out of all of that mess, <laughs> hugging is my passion. I am short, so I give just the right amount of squeeze. Also, before I forget, I'm conversationally fluent in Japanese, uh, but I'm not good. I'm not that good. <laughs> no. So now that we have all introduced ourselves a little bit, let's move explaining what this podcast is going to be about. So, okay. All right. So this podcast, the moment you all have been waiting for, will be based in a cultural analysis or a cultural deep dive into um, South Korean and Japanese culture from perspective of those of us who have cultivated not just a passive interest um, into K-pop, but rather a deep investment in these societies, which just means we have a huge passion for the things that we're going to be talking about tonight. And what that means is that we definitely take the time out and have conversations with our friends like this we do all the time about uh, these such topics. From the outside looking in, pop culture is almost always the first thing to meet your eye. And we want to explore the dynamic, the juxtaposition between what is easily accessible, that be either um, YouTube, K-pop music, all these streaming sites, things like that. And what lies deeper in the cultural fabric, those things that we can't experience on a day-to-day -day basis unless we visit like these ethnic enclaves like K-Town or Chinatown, or being able to actually visit these countries and live in the moment and live within um, that experience. So especially for foreigners like us, various people of color, in particular Black individuals, LGBTQ, and women experiencing these cultures, we have a unique pr perspective and we want to share that with y'all. We are by no means experts, but this comes from an authentic place and it comes from a very true place where uh, we have genuinely experienced and interacted with. Though each of us has done extensive research in aspects of South Korean and Japanese culture through our undergrads, uh, we are eager to learn more. Hence why we want to open up this podcast um, as an opportunity to talk to people who might share the same interests but can't find their community of people will do it with. Right? With that in mind, um, like things will get deep at times. We're not going to shy away from any topics because it's not who we are as people and it's not really what we're interested in here. We want to feel like it's a comfortable place where we can explore different ideas and, and theories. But we also promise that we'll have a lot of light and silly talk throughout as well, because we're all friends and the goal at the end of the day is to have fun, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that in mind, I want us to go over the conversation guidelines that we have laid out for us. This is for all of us as members of the podcast, for future guests, if you bring others to this podcast, and for you viewers, we want this to be respectful, communicative, light, beautiful, but also enriching intellectually, physically, spiritually. So I'm gonna go over all eight guidelines, uh, starting with number one. This is a safe space 
for us to come together to express our feelings and opinions related to Korean culture and Japanese culture. Number two, please, please, please respect individuals' pronouns, whether they are in this conversation or not. Number three, which is more for us, one mic. So all our viewers can hear us clearly in everything that we're saying. Number four, listen to understand, not to respond. Ask questions instead of assuming. So this is for all of us, our viewers, as well as for us. Number five, following Don Miguel Ruiz for agreements. I highly recommend you all read his work. It's amazing. Be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Number six, understand that not everyone's foreign experience, black experience, woman experience, or et cetera, is the same. Do not invalidate others' experiences just because you had a different experience. Number seven, if at any point, viewers, you feel uncomfortable, reach out to us. This is a communicative interactive podcast, which is why we're thinking of doing it in live format. Let us know if you feel like anything that we're saying or somebody in the comments are saying is making you uncomfortable. Let us know so that we can actually address it um, or have a free flowing conversation in the chat below. We're looking to you know, open our minds as we as Kay has already said, we are not at all experts and we're willing to learn. And so if there's something that we may have misspoke on, please let us know. And number eight, please share only things that you've learned, not personal stories of others in the conversation unless you have been given explicit permission to do so. So I hope we can all agree to this. And with that all being said, we can't wait to start this project and we hope that you're all enjoying yourselves and free free to participate in any way, shape or form. So I'm going to make sure that you can see all of us. <laughs> also, before we start, <clears throat> I just want to give a shout out to all the people who are here with us. Um, I feel so humbled and blessed to see you guys um, here and um, taking in um, our introduction and who are giving us so much love. We feel it. It's new for us. This is a new experience for us. So please take us as we are um, <clears throat> and we will definitely um, be as true and as authentic as we can be on this podcast. And quite frankly, I have never seen a podcast like this before where we are able to talk to um, everyone live in the moment, uh, which is amazing. So I just want to get that um, right off the bat. And okay, loves, we're getting ready to start. So I'm going to give y'all about like 10 seconds. I know 10 seconds is not long enough, but get some tea, get some, get something to drink. Listen, it's Friday night, okay, y'all? So uh, we want you guys to feel as comfortable as we are. And the reason why we're, um, we're called Sweet Talks is because we want this to be an environment where all of us can feel comfortable talking to each other. And although we might be talking about K-pop, if y'all know it's a little something, you know, a little something, don't, don't hesitate to, um, to let us know. And we'll talk about it. This is a very open podcast, so we're open to anything, y'all. Um, so with that being said, why don't you tell us what the tea is for today, Rai? What's the tea? All right. 
Well, as our first topic, why don't we start off light? Let's maybe not jump into our most controversial opinions just yet. <laughs> um, right. Since throughout a lot of this podcast, we'll be dealing with K-pop and at times J-pop as well. I was wondering if we could all share how we were introduced to one or both of these music markets. Um, and I'd love to start with Chai, actually. Oh, oh, put me on the spot. No. <laughs> um, so the way that I got into K-pop um, was hopefully like many of you all in our generation was through an AMV. So animated music video. So I was watching... I don't know if it was um, this anime called Hakuiki, which is a historic, which is an, an historical anime, or Kuniko no Basque, which is um, a basketball sports anime. But I was watching one of those two <laughs> AMVs about that um, particular anime, and I was remember listening to this song, and I was vibing more to the song than I was with the video. And so I had to look it up, and I was like, "What is this song? It's so catchy, it's so amazing." And it was Fantastic Baby by Big Bang. And I was like, who are Fantastic these Baby, then. You know? <laughs> and it Sorry, was I had to so, throw that in there. No, you please do, because I, till this day, I still rock with it, you know? <laughs> and, and so I remember, you know, looking it up and being like, what in the world? is this band what is this group i've never seen it before and i thought i knew everything kind of what was going on in american pop culture <laughs> um and so i was like okay let me look up more and i was i was you know listening it didn't register let me put this out there it didn't register to me that they were speaking another language because all i saw was fantastic baby and then so i was like this beat nice <laughs> I hear fantastic baby that's all I need of the song so it didn't register to me that it was they were speaking in Korean or singing in Korean rather um but then as I was listening to it more and then you know going into the band a little bit more in terms of all the other songs that they had out at the time that's when I was like oh okay they're speaking in Korean but it still didn't register to me that this is not music that was produced in America so it took me a while I ain't gonna say I did have that slow moment I was in you know alternative rock music so I was like maybe I'm just missing what's really going on outside of alternative rock but as I you know listen to more and then branch out a little bit to other um, groups that's when I was like oh this is k-pop what is k-pop after like you know two months of listening vibing <laughs> um and then once I like figured out that there was a whole genre outside of American culture America in general um that's how I got invested a little bit more into k-pop outside of american pop so that's my little story that's great i mean they're also like in fantastic baby they're just telling you to dance and you just do what you have to do so there's no thinking involved <laughs> i like um sherry says i also remember the first time i saw that music video i was like yeah i could i could do this <laughs> Um, personally, I'm kind of like an old timer here. <laughs> My introduction to K-pop involved two passions of mine as a child, and they were like language learning and dance. Um, being a dancer was like one of my first ever dreams. <laughs> Can't do it now, and I've accepted that. But <laughs> I same. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was sitting in my room. I was watching vlogs from people who were studying abroad in Japan, funny enough. Um, and here I, I was like in middle school, going into my first year of high school, I was a child. But I was like, I'm gonna study abroad in high school, which didn't happen because apparently you need money for that. But in this vlog, someone's like filming the, the 10 minute break in between classes and one of her friends started dancing this choreo to a k-pop song i was like i like that song i like that dance what is it <laughs> turns out it was shiny's ring ding dong <laughs> so that was my first ever k-pop music video and i was when i say obsessed might not be like the right word i would like memorize every frame i was like i want to be in this music video i could put myself right here <laughs> and i was just so excited to see dances uh, and pop music put together in a way that was really engaging and performative and dramatic y'all know k-pop is dramatic like they don't do anything halfway. Everything is 100%, which is why Ring Ding Dong is cringeworthy to some nowadays. Never be me. But <laughs> um, ever since then, that was that was late 2010. Mm. I have just been... Wow. Yeah. I've just been in Ten the years. world. 10 years. That's what I said. I'm, I'm a veteran. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you are. I, I was a child who didn't know what she was getting into, but it happened and I'm still here today. <laughs> that could be a good thing. Right. Well, I mean, that says a lot. I mean, it doesn't say a lot too much about you. It just seems that like you're a very loyal person and not just loyal, but like, you know what you like and K-pop didn't just come out of nowhere and just appear today. And I think that's like, one of the misconceptions that people have about that music industry is that they forget like this whole backing. They forget like whatever happened pre, you know, <clears throat> BTS, excuse me, or pre Blackpink, you know? Yes, I was doing my little ring, ding, 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 ring, ding, ding, literally. But honestly, those moves literally break their neck. But that was like the fun part of it. It was never like, like a uh, kind of like too foreign or like too different for me to participate in. Cause like you, right? I also love dancing and my sister can tell you like dancing, singing, anything in that nature kind of just like ran my blood when I grew up. And I was definitely one of those girls. I was into boy bands and all of that and such. And so <clears throat> for me, I definitely cultivated a liking for K-pop like maybe later than most people <laughs> would because consider because I didn't even knew this existed like I feel like because I already had this trait of like learning how to dance or learning how to sing and things like that like being an, an artist right um I felt like I probably should have learned about this sooner and I felt like the first time I got into k-pop and I remember this day very distinctly because my sister and I we were like in 42nd street at 42nd street and like very close to 42nd street is midtown where there's k-town 
And my sister didn't really, my sister and I never really um, identified it as K-Town before. We just went there. Our school was in that area. So that's what we did. We walked around the city and then we went home after school. But on this one summer day, just to commemorate like my sister. And, and by the way, my sister and I are twins. And so um, to commemorate like, our last summer together, I know, so sentimental. <laughs> our last summer together before going to college was we went to the city just to hang around and we went outside and um we went to 42nd street and 42nd street is busy any native new yorker they know not to go to 42nd street that's not the place you want to go to Uh, because it's just packed to the brim of people but on this day it was especially especially packed filled to the brim of people and we're just like oh my gosh we totally regret going through 42nd Street today. Um, But we came across a few people who had on like these matching t-shirts and there were people like vendors outside of the, outside of, I think it was Best Buy Theater. Can't really remember the name. Um, And so some 42nd Street is near Broadway and we're, (laughs) we're standing outside of this theater and we're like seeing people just crowded around this theater. We're like, what the hell? Like, why are people just so excited to go inside of this place? And we just see a big fat banner that said BTS Red Bullet Tour. Now, this was in 2015, before we knew BTS for what they know, for what they are known as right now. And so I was just like, who are these guys? Like, they're cute. Yes. Uh, but I don't know where they're from. I don't know what's happening. So um, my sister, we see like, a vendor selling posters and we're just looking through the vendors um merchandise and just watching and we're like wow this is interesting silly enough my sister and i decide to go to the box office to see <laughs> yes this yes we decide to go to the box office mind you this is how we this is how you know we're truly noobs to like this whole k-pop scene because we try to go to the box office y'all to buy a ticket anyone and their mama knows as a K-pop fan, you can't just go to a box office and get a ticket. Who do you think you is? You ain't spe- you ain't nobody special. <laughs> and so um, we're just like, hey, can we get a ticket? And they're like, we don't have any available. We're like, okay, okay, got you, got you. So we walk away. Didn't really think anything of it, but I think there were also performances on Forty Second Street, and like people were dancing too. At the time, we didn't recognize it. Um, that it was k-pop um but it was just like insane to us like eventually right so it's like we eventually got really hyped and and drawn into it after this incident because it was just like wow people have a real liking to it in fact me and my sister like um like exchanged contacts with um a follower uh, a fan of, of bts and um we were just like okay, now we're into it. Like we spent our night like on Tumblr, just scrolling through, watching their videos, some old pics of theirs. And we're just like, ooh, they are too cute. <clears throat> and so I think at the time too, this is when they um, dropped Dope Total. This is when they dropped um, Total. And <clears throat> it was very, very exciting. We're just like, wow, boys in uniform, wow. Boys that can sing, wow. Boys that can rap, like this is insane. And so we just 
like immediately fell into this rabbit hole of anything BTS related and eventually that that branched out um <laughs> that branched out into um Big Bang that branched out into EXO my sis is a huge fan of EXO um yeah and like I I honor that day so much like I'm humbled to have that day because even though like I knew nothing about it like I think fortunately living in a big city like New York you're exposed to everything literally yeah. everything so I had no excuse as to why myself I could not partake in things that are seemed different or unique you know like New York is too vibrant for that so I definitely walked in those shoes and was like I love this love what whatever this is but also have to be conscious about what I'm doing and so it began right <laughs> um in college uh j- joining the k-pop choreography club um at our school and from there kind of just like flourished um <laughs> yes it like flourished uh, since then and I'm grateful for those experiences and I think that's the most memorable part of college for me honestly is just my infatuation <laughs> yes I'm not going to air quote it cuz that's exactly what it was <laughs> my infatuation with 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 K-pop and it kind of just like guided my life from there it, my life just kind of like went in a very interesting direction since then I'll say that <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's one of the great things about K-pop too though is like the the community. I mean, mm-hmm. I know when I came to our college, um the first friends that I made were friends in the K-pop dance club. And um that's not to say I didn't try making friends everywhere else. <laughs> It was just like things that one of the things that is so easy to you know bond through is is music right and when you have a a type of kind of a package for what music can be you know this performative aspect of things the choreography all these different things there's something for everybody you know then it's so much easier to talk with people about it And so it ended up being like very similar for me. It's one of the most memorable things about my college career was joining that club and even though I hadn't danced in years and I kind of sucked a bit. Like I enjoyed Stop. it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> right, you were the main one teaching us those moves. Come on now. <laughs> But like I was stiff as heck. <laughs> <laughs> But like it didn't it almost didn't matter, you know? I could I could get yelled at by, you know, some people. Um <laughs> Let me send my not doing quick. choreo, right? But I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. <laughs> And that's all that matters. Right, right. And, but um, listen, but listen like you're 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 speaking it from like the truth of why like even i think this whole fandom exists or like why k-pop is so big right people are just so concerned uh about like why k-pop like why why should we waste our breath on it why should we listen to it and it's like well first of all don't insult the people that have um spent years 
you know, devoting themselves to this um, industry, either as actual members of this industry or as people who genuinely love, like think of all the different subcultures that exist through K-pop and other things um, like anime and um, J-pop, things like that. Like there are definitely um, subcultures or rather like specific niches that people gravitate towards too, because it's a community that like has no boundaries. It's a community that like sets no um, sort of, how should I say, limitations upon entry, right? So like we never would feel like we can't be a part of it um, because K-pop has, I felt like K-pop to me has always been so welcoming. Like I was always able to, um, <laughs> I was always able to like find my place into K-pop some way, somehow. And that by, and that was by dance, right? Like mm. the whole infatuation thing comes like second, like it, it's not the like main priority why people get into it. I mean, for some people, yes, like they enjoy looking at gorgeous men and so do I. Um, they enjoy looking at gorgeous <laughs> women and yes, like I get that. But like, it's a community like you said and like people forget that. Like just like many other music industries that exist out here, mm-hmm. like hip hop. Hip hop is a huge community of uh, of people who enjoy um, the lyricism behind it and who enjoy people who actually produce the music. Like people mm-hmm. follow the producers more than they do follow the artists that actually, you know, rap on these tracks. So it's really about like your interest. It's really about what calls you to it. And I feel, right. feel like people forget that when we talk right. about K-pop specifically. Right. And I agree. Um, as somebody who has not participated in the in the culture in that way, for me, it was just about listening. Right. It was just about like consuming it and like listening to it. I wasn't the one who was buying the tickets. I know because I got into an argument with somebody um, a few years ago about like what consists of um, a true fan. Um, and for me, I wasn't the one spending the money to go see them because I didn't have the money to spend to go see them, right? Like I didn't have, you know, like the whole idea of like giving them views and, you know, doing all these like voting things. Like I wasn't doing that because I was like, I got school and my mom is paying me to go to this college. So I rather focus on that more than my musical interest. But I just want to say real quick as a cutoff, love the cat your cat is so adorable say hi to sunbeam everyone (laughs) (laughs) um adorable (laughs) but yeah so for me it's just like really interesting like hearing your um both of your experiences um in k-pop and like you know dancing and doing all these learning the dance moves and you know singing the songs and stuff like that like i wasn't doing that in that degree it was just more about like this is a song that i like or this is a group that i like and i'm enjoying it because it feels good in my ears (laughs) um i didn't follow them i wasn't trying to figure out where they were going the next day or anything like that because i was like you know these are people right they have their own lives they have their own things they doing who they doing what they want to do and i'm supporting them by listening to their music but i'm not that kind of fan that it's like so obsessed to the point where I have to do everything in order to be the true fan because you have people being like you're not a true fan because you're not doing this or how can you say you are an EXO fan but you listen to BTS songs and it's like I don't have time for that petty argument um and I saw that a lot 
Um, and I think that's what deterred me from even claiming that I stand a particular group or I love this particular group because everybody's like, oh, you say you love it, but you're doing this. And it's just like, I don't have time to be dealing with that. And I know that, you know, when you're younger, those petty arguments or those petty conversations gets to you. Um, now I'm just kind of like, you know, I'll listen to anything. I go from one to the other and back like, it. Um, but that was something that in the beginning um, I had a hard time with when I first got into because it was 2012 when I first, you know, started listening or even understanding the existence of K-pop and all those fan wars. I was just like, I guess I'm not a true fan. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I feel you on that, Chai. Like, honestly, like, it was very hard for me to even admit that I was into K-pop. Let's talk about that, actually. Mm-hmm. Because um, it after, like, having that period of, like, wow, I really admire this, or wow, like, dang, put me in that music video. I was feeling the same way, right? I was like, shoot, let me pop and lock and drop and do a little something we want to. And I felt, I definitely felt that way. I was just, like, genuinely, like, oh, my gosh, like, I can do that. And I felt like for a lot of people, K-pop was just an outlet for people to feel that, that they are something, right? And, yeah, like, it's just music, but you begin to dive into the stories. You begin to dive into, like, the cultural nuances of what it means to be in k-pop and to represent korean culture and to be this kind of like guide and light uh, for korea actually even up until this day i think even more so today than it was back then but i say that to say that eventually that it became something where i didn't even want to say that i was a part of it um either because i didn't want to feel ostracized from my friends like I don't know if they share the same interests that I do. Yeah, I might share with my sister, but she's not my sister. But to share with anyone else, it, it became less intimate to me. And it, it felt mm-hmm. more like um, people were invading, like, this little space that I created for my own self and, like, my own safety in a way. And But then I began to realize it's so much more fun. Once I got into college, it's so much more fun to, like, actually be around people that share the same interests as you. However then it's like constantly transitioning right this like phase that I was in um because honestly like I'm not gonna say that you know I was just at first I was very like passively into k-pop like okay I'll listen to this okay I I like this artist I like that I like this but being at the college institution where we were kind of like trained to think critically about everything I began to do that (laughs) with a lot of (laughs) that I was interested in, right? Kind of like breaking down those kind of, um, how should I say, hierarchies or like nuances or why like why does it have such um, nuance in my life? Like, why is it a big thing in my life? Like, I listen to music all the time. Why am I paying so much attention to K-pop? And then it became something where people started to, I felt like people were starting to judge me. Like, oh, so you like K-pop? So before it was like, a, oh, I like this and I don't want people to know about it. This is just me. Then I told people about it. Then all of a sudden people are like, oh, so you like that? You one of those type of girls? You like K-pop? I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, all of a sudden they're just like reading my whole chart, telling me, oh, this person, you that person? I'm like, what? Oh, because I said that I liked K-pop? And that's very true. Like, I... I don't know, I think in college too, I started to kind of 
draw away from it in a way only because I didn't I feel like the the, the kind of community that I was in specifically related to why I even got to college was starting to make me feel a little bit ostracized or isolated mm-hmm. fortunately I was still able to like have a couple of friends that still shame the same interest as me in that program that I was in but for college so like to even get into Bard but it became like a thing where I had to like almost keep it a hush like mm-hmm. I was a surprise like I'm gonna surprise you with me performing at this 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 show surprise you with this uh this little event that we're throwing for our club because I kept it really low key I thought like mm-hmm. I didn't really like put it out there that I liked k-pop because eventually became like this stigma of some sort mm. um for people who don't associate themselves with k-pop that's what i mean so that's about like those who are actually in it and we were gonna have to talk about that too that was a little, <laughs> a little special over there too yeah <laughs> um but <laughs> it was definitely it was definitely something where it was constantly conflicting like i was in a conflicting Mm-hmm. moment with k-pop and i think even still to this day i think i'm a little bit more aware and i kind of walk away from it for obvious reasons but um back then i kind of couldn't really identify its purpose in my life and like why i liked it so much and yeah i'll, I'll stop it from there because i feel like i'm going in a tangent but it's all related like i was trying to figure out my place within this in this k-pop fantasism fan is that even a word not even but it's 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 just like my fantasizing about k-pop and like being a fan of it and like finding my people who also enjoyed it right right and i think we're talking about two similar but different experiences because you are mentioning or talking about like you know like community um in terms of like you being a k-pop fan versus like the people around you are not and how that made you feel within that community itself was for me i'm talking more about like you know me being a fan and how i feel as a fan within the fan community itself you know people creating um what it means to be a fan within their own fandom and stating who isn't and isn't not a fan that was not english who is a fan and who is not a fan um it's hard hard. Uh, especially when you're learning another language um but what we're talking about in essence for our viewers is you know the different ways in which community plays a role in how we feel with our own interests whether it's within the interest itself within the community of those who are participating in that interest or outside of that community and how we're you know because we are we as human beings always exist in multiple communities not one community always at the same time um and so oftentimes we're bringing in essences of our identity in new spaces and thinking about what does that mean can i call myself a fan of k-pop in a group of people who define fandom in a particular way that goes against what I'm doing versus can I say that I'm a fan in a group of people who will judge me based off of what I like so yeah right I totally get that and it's strange because maybe it's it's due to my humble beginnings (laughs) but like I didn't have money in middle school (laughs) I didn't hence why I didn't study abroad (laughs) until I was almost done college um and 
I didn't think about you know streaming for the sake of raising the views. I thought about I I want to memorize this dance, or you know I you know want to I'm I'm really enjoying this part, and I want to like play that over and over again until I get sick of it, you know. And I at the same time like for me at that time in my life, K-pop was something that made me happy it was something to get excited about you know something to de-stress i would you know spend hours after school you know just watching videos and trying to find more and more and more niche artists and trying to learn the history of this and what event transpired there and i mean i didn't i didn't spend any money on K-pop at all until 2014. Yeah, so four years after I got into it. And then it was like, you know, 25 bucks on an album. And I considered myself just as much a fan in the very beginning as I am now with a, you know, humble collection of some albums. <laughs> um, and i think because of that i'm super wary of people who try to define you know what being a fan really is and i would much rather you know interact with and identify myself with people who have your experience of just like i enjoy this thing the end you know rather than oh but you didn't set up this automatic streaming service to go through the music video 30 times today while you were doing your work and you have to make sure that when you're in class you have it going on your phone but you have to make sure the teacher doesn't know <laughs> and we're both buying 100 albums so that you know they go up in the charts donate to our mm -hmm. cause <laughs> you know yeah. um not to say that everybody who gets really excited like that is engaging in problematic behavior but <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lot of stress and i think that in the end music is supposed to be music it's supposed to be mm -hmm. fun and a fan is someone who enjoys something right mm -hmm. um and so the gatekeeping is its own problem that i think turns a lot of people away from k-pop actually because they do see from the outside this community of, at times, really hostile um, individuals who want to project this idea of what they enjoy and how they enjoy it are the best things to enjoy and the best ways to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And that all mm -hmm. else is invalid. Mm -hmm. right. And um, I, think, I think that it would be a lot easier for everybody to you know, have these experiences getting into K-pop and really exploring what sounds... Can you please stop something? <laughs> <laughs> what sounds resonate with them if, if there wasn't such a big deal made out of what it means to be a true fan? Part mm -hmm. of that is like, you know, the idea of being a fan started with fan cafes, you know, in Korea, you become an official mm -hmm. member of the fandom. Right. <laughs> Your right. name is 
on the list. I am not a registered shiny thing. I'm not a shell on the registry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right. like that's kind of like the extremities of like this whole thing and like in general and I like you said like that's why it turns people off because I remember like even when I was in Korea and I was so excited well maybe this might be the perfect opportunity where I get to see BTS in concert and um I was so excited I was like yeah but my friend was like she was helping me like get tickets and she's like I have a membership card do you have a social security number or aka an alien uh, registration card like literally they want to know everything about yourself like like family registry like <laughs> where were you born all of this information who is your grandmother they... exactly she's like hey I don't think you can um you can go and i was like what like this would be my first time seeing them in concert i would be so excited fortunately enough i came back to the states and it wasn't as hard and <laughs> i had someone hook me up so i can go see bts uh, right after i came back so thankfully but also that was tough in itself like think about the money you have to pay in order to go to these concerts Think about the expensive here. <laughs> it is, and then also just like you need to know the right people because they're the ones that have the tickets. You can't just go on Ticketmaster and thinking you buying a, a seventy-five dollar ticket. No, boom, no, ma'am. You're gonna go <laughs> on Ticketmaster and it's gonna be like thousands of dollars for a seat all the way back there. So it was just an eye-opening situation and kind of did turn me off. Not even a lie, because I was just like, well. People are like, well, I guess you went all, to, you came all to Korea for nothing. You went all the way to Korea for nothing. And I was like, no, but that was definitely something that I was looking forward to, um, to do while I was out there. Um, but you bring up a really interesting topic about ownership, and we've had conversations about this prior to our, our like live streaming and those weeks before, just like talking about like who actually gets to consider themselves members of K-pop, either as an idol or not, or just like as a fan, or who, um, like, who really runs the show? Like, who really runs the show for K-pop? And people say, oh, it's the idols that, you know, we spent thousands of dollars on, like training and, you know, cultivating a look, and it's the, the, the labels that are like taking their time out to do all of these different things and that's what i i learned as you know um as a person who's doing research um within korean culture about pop culture but it also became something where like i thought about it secondhand like naturally it's like no it's people like <laughs> people are the ones that definitely own what k-pop looks like today and that people i'm talking about multiple people that groups of people would have to be the fandoms. Like, how many times am I going to hear BTS thank their army for X, Y, and Z? You know, they they literally live off of, like, their fandom in a way. Like, one of the members has a tattoo on his, on his hand that he dedicated to his fans. And it's like, would I ever have to go through such extremities to prove my membership? into the k-pop community nonetheless like have to thank millions of people for my career if i was such an idol 
and that's what we mean by like the kind of exclusivity and like the 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 limitations and kind of the turn off parts of k-pop one side of the other but we're talking about like what made us into what made us get into k-pop and then kind of what kept us out of it in a way mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and just to also like clarify for our viewers like a lot of people have fandoms not just k-pop right like even american pop if you think about like you know um the rap wars for example um where people are like oh are you yeah yeah sherry like i'm in the same boat with you um you know like justin bieber fans um Nicki Minaj fans and Nicki Minaj against cardi b fans and like things like that like it exists like these kind of fandoms exist um but because we're talking about um, k-pop we're focusing mostly on mostly on on k-pop fan fandoms in general but this these kind of fandoms exist everywhere and i also want to be clear too for all my viewers like i'm not in that mindset anymore in terms of like do i consider myself a fan or not but this was something that i was going through when i was you know becoming a fan um and seeing all these wars and everything and i was just like well if i'm like that then i guess i'm not gonna call myself a fan um and i and i think now myself a fan of anything it needs more of a joking manner is more about me resisting the idea of holding people to a high standard or idolizing individuals which is what we're going to get into later on in our podcast and subsequent um episodes from now but i think you know the way that a lot of kids i don't say well they are a lot of them are kids are doing this um now um as opposed to when i was going in in 2012 because it was lots less severe but I was in it when I was younger than it is now with this, you know, you got a live stream for 12 hours a day and da 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 You have to do all these different things. You got to meet these requirements. Like it's more extreme now. I mean, I think what's happening is the glorification of K-pop and, you know, the fetishization of Asian men and Asian women, um, which I honestly have to do a little bit more research in, but I don't know if it exists to that same degree in Japan, in J-pop, it probably does. But because I'm in K-pop, when I think more about K-pop, I see it more. Um, and I just random, not randomly, but I listen to J-pop a little less than I do with K-pop. So I don't know if it exists. It probably does. It probably does. But there are a lot less international fans in J-pop than there are of um international fans at k-pop and i don't know if that makes a difference i don't know if i don't know i don't know but that's just some that's a discrepancy that i am noticing as of november 13 2020 6 32 p.m because <laughs> <laughs> this could change as i do more research um so i want to put that disclaimer in because just in case anybody's listening it's like actually they're worse than j-pop it's like well i didn't know um <laughs> but i just uh, that's a that's a discrepancy that i i noticed there's definitely, you know, a common theme among fandoms, uh, especially of pop artists, where there's that, like, balanced relationship where the artist offers something, the fan gives them success in return, you know? Um, notoriety, money, things like that. Mm. But uh, I would also say that there's a notable difference between, like, idol culture and you know celebrity culture in the us or the uk or something like that and i think that 
part of that is something that we'll explore later on, you know, how, how it pertains to the dating lives of celebrities. Like we certainly have our celebrities here who, if they start dating, especially if they have a young fan base, you know, people get mad, but, um, That's very I true. know, I remember, I don't know how many years ago, I want to say it was like 2013 or something. There was this, um, j-pop idol this female j-pop idol who was caught dating this other male artist i think he was like a j-rock artist he didn't get in trouble she had to shave her head and apologize on video to her fans for dating um and i think you know justin bieber never had to shave his head (laughs) and apologize to his fans like that um and so i think part of it is this image of idols as as products um, that that Mm -hmm. we have partial ownership of so i would say definitely there is some aggression in the j-pop fandom and i don't know how much of it comes from outside of japan but Mm -hmm. i think within japan that's plenty of aggression (laughs) right (laughs) i don't think we need more i think since we're reaching um six 40. Uh, I just want to take the time now. Well, we all want to take the time now to say thank you so much for joining our first ever live. And we were a little bit nervous, but I think we got really comfortable and I'm really, really happy um, for all of us. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, And I hope that you continue to listen to us um, as we create more lives and have more fruitful conversations. Um, I put it in the chat, but I just want to say if there's anything that you want us to clarify on, um, please let us know. A lot of you um, are on our channel or already subscribed. So, you know, send a comment. (laughs) Um, Also, as well as um, if there's any resources you want us to know, you want to hand over, let us know. Um, I see several of you are talking about um, what we were discussing and talking about your personal experiences experiences so if there are anything that you want you wish to share with us that we could be more educated on please 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 uh give us your resources give us links give us videos anything we want to learn we want to know um so thank you again thank you we love y'all we don't have a name for y'all yet but we will come it will come it will come (laughs) but love you bye have a good weekend bye